Welcome to the Boneyard with Steve Robertson. As always, I am your good friend and host, Steve Robertson, here on the Magnificent Monday edition of The Yard, brought to you by Bulldog Burger Company. You guys are very familiar with Bulldog Burger Company, and if you're not, you very well should be. Bulldog Burger Company, without a doubt, the best place in Mississippi to have a great restaurant-quality hamburger. You can find them at two locations, right here on University Drive in Stark, Vegas, and on Gloucester Street in Tupelo, Mississippi. Go by, have the spring rolls, find your own favorites, some of the best things in life or delicacies that we kind of treat ourselves to, and you can do that at Bulldog Burger Company. Great people, great food, great atmosphere, great pricing. You can get a chocolate shake to go. You can have your hamburger on a regular bun. You can have it on a a gluten-free bun. You can have it on no bun. You can even get a salad. And I've said before on this show, the salads are so substantial. I don't know that I've ever finished one. And 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 I'm not just whistling Dixie here. You know, I wouldn't do that to you. I think you're going to enjoy a great night out with uh, Bulldog Burger Company. Encourage you to go out and have a family event, or perhaps it's date night. You can go have an adult beverage and uh, enjoy the fine delicacies there at Bulldog Burger Company. Bulldog Burger Company, the place where people in Starkville go to meet. M-E-A-T. There's a lot going on in the world today. A lot. Mississippi State picked up a new commitment over the weekend. We're going to talk about that a little bit later in the show. There's rumors that uh, Jay Hobson at Southern Miss might be in trouble, which is uh, it was interesting. We're one game into the season. They didn't play well, but I didn't think it was worthy of, uh, of termination. You know, we'll find out because here's the thing, too, I've learned about those rumors. There's a lot of these uh, fan-generated, you know, rumors, and then what happens is people want to get ahead of the game. You may recall some time ago we had a head football coach named Joe Moorhead. And the day of the Egg Bowl, we had some people within our own fan base that despised Joe Moorhead so much that they spread these rumors that Joe Moorhead had already agreed to buy out, that he was crying during the dog walk, and none of those things were true. And then we in the media try to run those things down and try to refute those rumors. And as I said back then, it makes no sense whatsoever to have Mississippi State have taken such a stance with Joe Moorhead. It was just absolute shameful. Some of our own people created some of these rumors. And then I had players in the locker room texting and direct messaging me saying, hey, what's going on with Joe? While they're getting ready to play Ole Miss in the biggest game of the year, a game that would determine if we had a winning season or, pardon me, a bowl-eligible season, and if we retained the golden egg. But – you know, some people wanted to be, uh, you know, Johnny on the spot and have all the breaking news. And uh, next thing you know, it spread like wildfire. And there's no accountability for those people. They get out there and they post and say whatever they want. And I guess if the heat gets too bad, they just create another identity. You know, we're out there trying to get some news on this. And uh, in the middle of that, and I remember talking to Mike Nemeth and Dave Murray up in the media uh, complex. I said, you know what? I'm, I'm done chasing this rumor. I'm done. Getting ready to go cover a ball game. And so I think some of that is going on right now. don't know how true it is, but what happens is once a rumor kind of begins to make the rounds, other people begin to parrot the rumor, whether it's true or not. And so it's interesting. I know you guys keep up with college football in our state, but it's something I got texted last night by a member of the media. It said, hey, I hear this is happening. What are you hearing? And at that point, I hadn't heard a whole lot because I kind of unplugged a little bit yesterday. Uh, but here we are. So I guess we'll find that a little bit later. But I'm the kind of guy, too, I, you know, I hate it when anybody loses a job. You know, it's one of those things, too, you know, when I worked in retail, I had to fire a lot of people. It's part of the gig. You know, when you're El Capitano, you've got to hire and fire people. 
And uh, it's a difficult decision. That's the thing I always thought about, too, is even as bad or substandard as an employee was, and as happy as I was, that person was no longer going to be a part of, uh, of my problems. At the end of the day, that guy's got to go home and tell his family he lost a job. And I don't know uh, if I ever terminated anybody and, and felt gleeful about it. You know, just because I know there are other people attached to these decisions. And so when you hear about these things, you know, when coaches and, and listen, every coach, when they sign up a contract, they, they kind of know this going in, that they're going to be the subject of rumors and there's going to be criticism and it's part of the gig. That's why you're paid as well as you are. And uh, a lot of these families have alligator skin. But, uh, you know, it's never good. It's never good when people lose jobs. You hope things work out for people. And Jay Hobson did a great job at Alcorn State. And I thought he was doing a pretty good job at Southern Miss. And I think Southern Miss people, and I can say that because uh, I have plenty of my family, I think Southern Miss people kind of have a, a bit of a delusion about what they should be. And I think they don't realize perhaps how deep in a hole that that program kind of got to be. Larry Fedora won a Conference USA championship with players that were not his own. And then he recruited so woefully and so recklessly that it put Southern Miss in a pretty deep hole. I mean, you had guys out there committing to Southern Miss over offers from Alabama A&M, Alabama State, you know, uh, Georgia Southern. I mean, and you were taking these kids in, you know, May and June, they would have been available late. And, and so I am not a fan of Larry Fedora's recruiting efforts at Southern Miss, and I think that set them back for years. Because here's the thing about recruiting, and this is something that I don't think that the, uh, you know, some of the SEC regional pundits that fall for the Ole Miss propaganda don't realize, is that the thing about signing kids that can't really play in your league is at some point you have to go play in your league with those players. And so it's not just on signing day that you look back and say, man, man, we, we, man, we took it on a gin this year. It's when you have to go out there and field a football team and you see guys that took care of the recruiting aspect of things kind of run you off the field. So it's interesting. We'll see what happens with all that. Um, I kind of hope it's not true, to be honest with you. I think Jay Hobson's a good coach. I think if they give him some time, they'll be okay. But Southern Miss has kind of lost their way when it's come to recruiting the last decade or so. You know, Jeff Bauer built a program on those kids at State and Ole Miss were recruiting and just maybe didn't pull the trigger on an offer or maybe extended an early offer and then didn't, you know, didn't continue to recruit at a high level or get those kids committed. I think Jeff Bauer did a great job with every bit of that. And, you listen, you could make a living, really. I mean, just recruiting the, you know, the I-10 corridor down there. I mean, just from, you know, you could start really, I guess, over at uh, Lake Charles and go all the way to Pensacola and probably find 25 kids that could, capable of winning a Conference USA championship. But, you know, but don't ask me. You know, uh, It's part of the deal. Mississippi State did have a scrimmage over the weekend, and uh, we had a chance to speak to Mike Leach. Leach continues to say that K.J. Costello leads the quarterbacks, and it does appear Will Rogers is taking charge that number two spot. I think we first talked about that here. Will Rogers appears to be overtaking Garrett Schrader. Garrett Schrader is a very competitive player, and I understand he made some good plays with his, with his arm and his feet on Saturday. But it just, we just kind of get the, the sense that Will Rogers is kind of taking over as the number two guy. I don't know what that means long term, but I think for this year it means that Garrett Schrader is arguably going to be the number three quarterback. I'm not saying they don't utilize him some, because I believe they will. But K.J. is the guy. Leach is not ready to name a starter just yet. Probably says it'll be a couple weeks before the first game, which means probably in a week or so. 
Uh, he mentioned that a couple of receivers did a good job. And I know, I know you guys watched that video. You guys are, are social media mavens. You keep up with everything Mississippi State does. They had the video out there and a couple of players, number nine, Terrell Shavers, making some big grabs. And number 17, Caleb Ducking, making a contested catch and fighting off two tacklers and kind of pushing through there. Uh, Caleb Ducking was a guy that, that I give Jim Moorhead a lot of credit for, for signing this kid because of the fact I don't know that a lot of schools would have. I really don't, and I think we've really got to steal with him. But Ducking was a guy that was kind of buried there at, at Holmes, and, and I'm not saying it's negative about Holmes, but uh, it was a run-first offense in every sense of the word. And so Caleb had limited catching opportunities in his two years there. But he comes to Mississippi State's camp. He looks like $10 million getting off the bus. I mean, you, you talk about a guy that, uh, that if you were going to describe how you'd want an X receiver to look, it's him. And I think the best thing that ever happened to Caleb Ducking was getting the opportunity to come to Mississippi State and then Mike Leach showing up with Steve Spurrier Jr. I think it's the best thing that ever happened. Not that he wouldn't have been a good player under Joe, but I think because of the fact that we needed wide receivers and he is a big-bodied guy that will compete, I think that he is going to be a guy that really benefits from a scheme change and a change in offensive philosophy. But he was number 17. Get used to that. He is from Rolling Fork, Mississippi, a kid that grew up in the Mississippi Delta. He knows a thing or two about hard work. I know a lot of people kind of scratch their heads when we offer that kid. I think in hindsight, he's going to make everybody look pretty good. I really do, and that's that's my take on that. But, um, you know, uh, back to scrimmage, Mike didn't say a whole lot other than, you know, Tulu Griffin had a big play, uh, said the first team secondary looked really good, said they really flowed the ball well. And, again, our concern is going to be depth. And it's not that we don't have talent in the secondary. We've got a lot of talent. It's just largely an experience. You're going to have a lot of freshmen on that two deep, more than likely. Guys like Janari Dean are getting reps at safety. DeCamriano Richardson, Emmanuel Forbes is pushing and working hard with the twos and uh, might actually earn a starting spot. You know, he's competing with Asias Furge, that cornerback spot opposite Martin Emerson. The issue with Forbes is just going to be size. I mean, you know, he is a guy that, uh, you know, probably weighs 160, 165, maybe 170 pounds. Uh, so these uh, guys in space that he's going to have to tackle are going to be a little stronger than him. But as far as just getting out there and competing and being able to defend the pass and run with the guys and uh, have good route recognition, he, he's doing those things well. So that's kind of where we are. We'll figure some things out. And Coach said that uh, there was just enough to make mo- both sides – probably have some teachable moments you know you have a good day but not one unit dominated the other and that's you don't want that you don't want one unit to be that much far or the other you want there to be some give and take and so you have some level of success but also have some teachable moments it looks like we had both of those and so we'll look forward to hearing from Mike Leach later in the week I like the fact that we get him twice a week and we talk to him next time I believe it's tomorrow night and we'll be able to ask him about now that he's reviewed the film from the scrimmage you know what kind of his uh you know, his impressions. And listen, these guys are just kind of getting to know these guys and kind of know what they can do. It's one thing that, you know, to get on a Zoom call and you get out there and you work out some and that sort of stuff. But, you know, now we've got the pads on. Now we're out there playing football, which reminds me one thing that he said is that, you know, we were probably three deep on the offensive line and still playing something that resembled football. And that's not always the case. I believe this offensive line is going to be a real strength. As it has been for probably the last two weeks, Starting offensive line from left to right, Charles Cross at left tackle, Greg Iwand at left guard, replacing Stuart Reese, you know, who was a grad transfer that went to Florida. Cole Smith at center, backed up by James Jackson, former defensive lineman out of Pascagoula. 
steady, solid senior Darian Parker at right guard and then Dollar Bill Johnson at right tackle. I really like that first unit. Scott Lashley, Alabama grad transfer, is doing some backup, and he can play guard or tackle. And he's a guy that has missed some time. He was out some this past week. And so you probably got, I don't know, eight or nine guys right now, maybe a full two deep. I think you feel pretty confident for the most part on your interior spots. Nick Penley, of course, and LaQuinson Sharp can get in there. Probably don't have a full two deep at tackle just yet. Just yet. But I think you probably feel good about every other spot. Probably got nine linemen you could roll out there right now and feel really good about. Uh, but I, I think that first team group's going to do a good job. And Leach kind of echoed that on Saturday and said that he thought that those guys did a really good job. And then as we got deeper into it, we were still doing a pretty good job uh, with the offensive line. Our friends at Hawthorne are still with us and will be with us the rest of the year. And uh, glad to have them aboard. I think we've missed maybe, maybe one week the entire year without them. But uh, listen, one of the reasons why they stick with us, number one, is because you guys are responding. And one of the reasons that I stick with them is because they produce a quality product. I would not introduce you to a product I didn't believe in. I get plenty of people reaching out to me and say, hey, we're interested in working with your podcast because we turn big numbers as simple as that. I mean, this is the the Mississippi State podcast. And so uh, Hawthorne's been with me a long time. You guys have done a great job with them. They've done a great job for you. I've had so many people reach out recently when I said, hey, Hawthorne's going to rotate off. And said, hey, man, I'm glad I took advantage of that special when I did because I love the product. And you will, too. Go to Hawthorne.co. That's H-A-W-T-H-O-R-N-E.co. And use promo code Boneyard. That'll unlock some savings for you. But you take that, that quiz, and then uh, they're going to pair you up with some, prog- some, pardon me, some products that match your preferences. Nobody ever told you how to buy cologne. You just kind of had to figure out for yourself. I'm, I'm, I'm being your sponsor here. I'm being your friend and telling you. This is the best cologne that I've ever worn, without a doubt. And I've, I have so many compliments on it. There'll be people that come up and get their picture with me, and uh, they'll say, hey, what's that cologne you're wearing? What's Hawthorne? I mean, it's, I'm not just whistling Dixie out here and telling you guys, hey, go buy the cologne. I actually wear it, and I love it. And uh, I've got some Calvin Klein eternity that will probably sit there for eternity on my, on my counter because of the fact that uh, I'm a Hawthorne guy. So, again, it's Hawthorne.co, H-A-W-T-H-O-R-N-E.co. Before we move on, let me remind you, too, Manscaped.com are with us, back with us. They had a great run before. They're back for the fall. Uh, Many of you have shared with me, it's amazing how many of you guys say, hey, listen, I'm glad they're back. I've got a friend of mine that uh, I'm going to recommend this to uh, because of the fact that uh, I think it's a quality product. And, you know, here's the deal. Uh, Listen, you've got to use a a specialty product for your specialty areas. Simple as that. This is your more, more intimate areas. You need something probably a little more sensitive uh, you've got that skin-safe technology. That's one of the things that probably sets Manscaped apart from other uh, male grooming issues is the fact that uh, those guys do a great job. You, know, and you don't want to use the same shaver in your intimate areas you do on your face. It's just gross. So go to manscaped.com and use promo code BONEYARD, and you'll get 20% off and free shipping. That's a great incentive. Give them a try. Uh, your intimate friends and lovers will thank you. Uh, male grooming is not just for uh, for young people. There are a lot of people out there that uh, maybe haven't embraced that. Now's the time you did. Manscaped.com. Go check it out. Uh, be smart. Take care of yourself. And you can use it in the shower. It's waterproof. Uh, you get up to 90 minutes of shaving. You've even got a little blue LED light that kind of lights you up so you can uh, make sure you don't miss any spots. Nothing's more frustrating than that. than uh, you think you got a smooth shave and find out you've got a little patch of stubble somewhere you don't want it. So, again, manscaped.com. 
All right, so over the weekend, uh, Nick Jones commits to Mississippi State, East Mississippi Community College offensive lineman. Uh, Nick has worked at left tackle for Buddy Stevens for a year now. And, of course, let me, let me explain the situation with East Mississippi as best I can. So Nick uh, signed on with East Mississippi after a great career at Bahalia High School. Didn't have a lot of interest out of Bahalia, goes to Scuba, and then plays last year and uh, plays a lot at left tackle. Does a good job for them. You know, they had a big year last year at East Mississippi. Uh, didn't win a national championship, but uh, really a strong year for them. And then, so Nick was a guy that was beginning to start to get a lot of interest. Now, without the benefit of the spring evaluation period, without the camps, their, uh, you know, their, their ladder of awareness stuff is not quite as sharp as it should be. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot of guys out there that needed to be evaluated. There's only so much you can tell from film. And so... East Mississippi is elected not to play this fall. They're going to wait and play in the spring. So because of that, the fact that Nick is going to graduate in January, he will have four years to play three at Mississippi State, which makes him that much more valuable as a prospect. As you guys know, most junior college guys show up with his two years of eligibility remaining, and it takes them about a half a year to a full year to kind of figure it out. And so you get one year of really good service out of them. Some guys do a little bit better. I mean, look, look how much better Montez Sweat was in year two. You know, year one, he, I think he led the SEC in quarterback hurries because he couldn't quite get there because he needed to kind of refine his steps and kind of sharpen the saw a little bit and uh, just kind of improve the technique. And then he takes the big jump as a senior and becomes a first-round draft pick. Just imagine if we had him back another year. He probably would have gone anyway. But my point being is that Three years for a junior college prospect, a guy that's already two years removed from high school, a year that's already played against guys that are as big or as strong as him in junior college for one year, it makes sense to take a chance on a kid like that because you're going to have the benefit of having a redshirt year if you need it, but also, too, he'll be here in January, be able to go through spring practice, have an opportunity to play. He is a guy that uh, is projected to be a guard at Mississippi State, and we have two senior guards this year. Now, this year doesn't count towards their eligibility, but let's say one of those guys just says, hey, you know what, I know they don't have a future in football. I'm going to go ahead and get a job. Or a guy decides, you know what, I've got an awesome opportunities in the, in, the, in the league. I'm going to go ahead and go. I don't know if that's really the case for Darian Parker. Uh, we'll see. Uh, Greg Island, of course, has pro size. He needs to get some pro film. And he's had some good days at Mississippi State and had some others where he's had some consistency issues. But it makes sense to go out and get a guy a junior college guy, a guy that's got a little age on him that could be able to come in next year and really compete in one of those guard positions. LaQuinson Sharp uh, is a guy that's a senior this year too and probably benefits from uh, the year because I think he needs a year. But, uh, you know, he's not the prototypical Mike Leach lineman. He just doesn't have that same level of size. And so it makes sense to go out and get a, a guy that's a little more mature to play offensive guard, and that's where Nick Jones kind of comes in. As I mentioned on Friday's show, Nick Jones also – very, 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 very close with McKaylin Pounders, Mississippi State's commitment out of Bahalia. Nick says he calls McKaylin his little brother. Uh, there's a lot of connections here because Nick's oldest or second to oldest brother graduated at Bahalia High School with Chris Rayford. They were teammates and good friends. And so there's a lot of connections here to Mississippi State uh, with this Nick Jones commitment. Uh, he is a guy that measured in last week at right at 6'4", 270 pounds. Uh, I think him having the benefit of Tyson Brown for about six months before he enters the fall practice field is probably good for him. But, uh, listen, I can get on board with this. It's uh, It kind of came out of nowhere. You know, I first started hearing about the possibility of an offer 
early last week, and then by Wednesday we had offered and he commits on Saturday. And that's the thing about recruiting. You just never seem to know for sure how things are going to play out. Uh, I've got some people close to me that have said recruiting is kind of like a soap opera for men. That's probably true. There's a lot of drama. And uh, there are certainly uh, a lot of people that are very dramatic that cover recruiting uh, that only add uh, to the drama because you, you love it so much when they're wrong. Uh, some of the some of my uh, critics and haters have been awfully disappointed here as of late. But, uh, but be that as it may, Nick Jones, a good get. I think you could have waited on him. But it's one of those things, too, that I read these comments sometimes. People say, well, we could have taken this kid in December. Well, you, you can't assume that. You can't assume that because what happens, you know, as teams get a little deeper into the season and realize, you know what, we got to go get some JUCO help. We got to have some plug and play guys come right in here, and then all of a sudden you've got Louisville or Memphis or UAB or, you know, uh, Auburn or other people that are they're involved. If you can get them now, and limit the competition later, that's generally pretty smart. There are some guys, especially from the high school ranks, that I think you know what you could afford to be patient on, but it's a little different with junior college stuff. It just is. It just is because there's more of a demand for those guys that can be plug and play. And so I think when you know, when you know, hey, this is a guy that I want, then go get him, whether that be in March or be in December. Because we have been in these situations in recent years. Uh, we had a couple situations under Joe Moorhead where there were guys that uh, wanted to sign with us in December. We elected not to sign them and continue to recruit them and evaluate our options. And then we get into February and they sign with someone else. And some of those losses has been on the uh, offensive line. I can think of three guys that wanted to sign with us in December, and we didn't do it, and now they're playing for somebody else. And so, again, that's the risk you run when you wait. If you know, you know. If you feel like this guy fits our culture and fits our system is exactly what we want, go ahead and get him in the boat. Then you can focus your efforts on other players. That's how I feel about it. And if Mason Miller and Mike Leach said, you know what, Nick Jones can play for us, and the fact that he's got, you know, four years to play three, it makes perfect sense to go ahead and get him. Uh, this is a kid, too, that also kind of shores up one of the commitments that we have that is still being actively recruited by many other schools. That's McKellen Pounders, who is still getting a lot of interest from Arkansas, Ole Miss, and Memphis. Not that I expect to lose in the Memphis, but when you have other SEC teams uh, lurking, you have to pay attention. So it makes sense. It kind of kills two birds in one stone. You get the veteran guy to play guard, but it also kind of shores up your recruitment uh, of a guy that, uh, that you've had. You know, the first big recruiting win for Mike Leach in the Mississippi State era was beating Ole Miss from Michael and Pounders. And so uh, I think this is a, a positive step. I don't know that I would say Nick is a difference maker, but I don't know how many offensive guards are. I think you just need a guy to get out there and do the job, and I believe Nick is capable of doing that. If you watch his film – I think you'd agree with me. This is a guy that's very talented. And his wingspan kind of exceeds his length. What I mean by that is if he is 6'4", which is big, don't get me wrong, but it's not 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, but he, his wingspan seems to kind of extend uh, you know, maybe a little bit longer than you would expect for a guy with those measurables. So I like the commitment. I think you guys will as well. You can go over to Gene's page and read what he had to say about Mississippi State. And I actually did a little bit of a uh, scouting report yesterday. And so now we're down to seven spots in the class. As I've told you guys before, there's one initial counter left for 2020, and then there, which gives state the ability to count back to one in December. And then there's 23 grants for 2021. You may have forgotten, 2021 and 2022 will both be 23 annual limits rather than 25 due to the Tudorgate sanctions. Still dealing with that. Still dealing with that. 
So we'll get through this class, and uh, so it's going to be a 24-man class. Now you have 17. Seven spots remaining as it stands today. Two of those are expected to go to offensive linemen, which takes you down to five. That'll round out the, the offensive recruiting, unless a star all-purpose back is available. Okay? If that doesn't happen, then you've got five more spots to spend on defensive recruiting. And I've seen people say, oh, you know, well, Steve, we're not doing a good job recruiting defense. I think we're doing okay. There's not a lot of great defensive players in the state this year, and we're on many of the ones that are. But uh, I think you'll take two more defensive linemen, another linebacker, a safety, and a corner. Those are the five. That's how it shakes out right now. MJ Daniels, of course, is a guy that uh, was on campus this weekend for the second time in a month and uh, is a guy that could play corner or safety, kind of depending on what you need. He's reminiscent of Martin Emerson. He's got that same length, even though I think long-term he might be a little bit thicker than Martin. But uh, he's a guy that I'd say, you know what? You flip Kadarius Callaway, you get MJ Daniels, all of a sudden everybody's feeling really good about your defensive recruiting. You add Ty Cooper to it, now you're thinking, okay, all right, all right, coach, I see you. But that's where we are. That's a recruiting update. All right, today's top 10 list brought to you by my bookie. My bookie is back with us again for another run. My bookie has been with me throughout the Boneyard uh, run for several years now. And so as a, as a reward for Boneyard listeners, new customers receive 100% deposit match. What that means is you deposit 100 bucks, they're going to give you credit for 200 That goes up to 1000 bucks. I don't know how much you want to gamble, but if you could put up to 1000 you certainly can, and you get an extra 1000 to play with. Simple as that. It's summertime, and uh, that means it's a winning season for you. Winning season means doubling the first deposit. Winning season means free bets, super contests, survivor, and much, much more. My bookie winning season is all about your chance to win big. It's all about you and making it easy. You can bet NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs, MLB, UFC, and then some other things. Crazy sports, the summer of your lifetime is here. It's simple. Make your picks, win big, collect your cash. Invest in your own intuition. Select from hundreds of future bets or you can bet on games in real time with my bookie's live betting option. Put that smart brand of yours to good use. Use promo code BONEYARD and double your first deposit. Again, that's the, the MyBookie app. Go download it today and use promo code BONEYARD. New players get up to $1,000 in free play designed to add more excitement to the sports you love and the games you bet. Thousands of cross-sport wagers, props, and parlays await you. Sign up now to bet with the best and celebrate your victory. Your winning season begins today only at MyBookie. Again, that's promo code BONEYARD. So top 10 list. I love these guys that, uh, that come up with topics that are a little bit, you, know, you listen to the show and say, hey, Steve, you mentioned this. What if we did this? So uh, Sean Brown reached out to me and said, hey, Steve, you mentioned what a great album that uh, Boston was, the first Boston album. And so what if you did debut albums? And so I said, you know what, I'm going to do this. But before I do, I want to tell you about a conversation that I had. I'm going to get into this on Wednesday. So uh, one of our esteemed Boneyard listeners is on staff at Lake Colmoran. I went and saw Gabe Cavazos play Friday night. Very impressed with him. But uh, so Matisse comes out to me and we start talking. I say, hey, what do you think about top 10 list? And he goes, well, it's mainly rock bands. That's not really what I listen to. And so I sat there and talked a little R&B with him. And I think he was somewhat surprised that I knew so much about R&B. And I mean real R&B. I'm not talking about the stuff today that passes as R&B. I'm talking about Jodeci, I'm talking about Guy, I'm talking about Blackstreet and Teddy Riley, talking about Karen White, Tony Braxton. So Wednesday show, we're going to do an R&B list for my friend, 
uh, Matrice Buckley. We're going to do that. Enjoyed the visit with him on Friday. And so in honor of my new friendship with him and him being a longtime listener to this show, Wednesday, R&B. Top 10 R&B songs. How about that? And you're going to be shocked. You're going to think there's no way. Guys, on the way to the ball game, I listen to Jodeci and Babyface. Even listen to a little high five. You don't know me. You think you know me, but you don't. You think you know, but you don't. Just when you think you got me figured out, I throw you a curveball. But today's top ten list, it's uh, to the rock. Sean Brown again. Top ten rock album debuts. Now, some of you will disagree with this, and that's okay. You have the right to be wrong in America. But here we go. In my mind, I know some of you are going to say, you know what, Steve, you didn't mention this band and this band or whatever. A lot of these albums that I mentioned are debuts from legendary bands. Legendary. And one of the bands that didn't make the list was Alice in Chains, even though I love Facelift, but because they had an EP that came out before that. And uh, so there's a lot of that. It, it kind of hangs me up a bit, okay? So I didn't mention Alice in Chains. I love Alice in Chains. One day we'll do an Alice in Chains top ten list, but uh, I didn't mention them. I didn't mention Bon Jovi's self-titled album because I didn't think it was that good. The Runaways on there, and She Don't Know Me and a couple others, but Bon Jovi really hit their groove with 70, 100 degrees Fahrenheit, and then into um, Slippery When Wet. And then, of course, New Jersey. And then they kind of became adult contemporary. But, uh, but be that as it may, didn't mention them, but here's my top ten. Number ten for me is Too Fast for Love from Motley Crue, arguably my favorite band of all time. thought it was a great album. I thought the production value on that album was not very good, but I thought the songs were excellent. And if they had had the same production team that Electra gave them for the Shout at the Devil record, I think Too Fast for Love would have been one of those classic albums. People look back and say, wow. Uh, Live Wire, Too Fast for Love, so many of those songs on there, Take Me to the Top, On With the Show, that uh, probably deserved a little better effort from the record company. But uh, the songs are great. I thought uh, Nikki and Tommy were especially good on that album. Number nine, going back a few years for me, but it's Pretty Hate Machine from Nine Inch Nails. I love this album from start to finish. It changed my life. It's one of those albums where I, I, I was kind of drifting because it was a weird time in music. And then all of a sudden I, I discovered Trent Reznor and Nine Inch Nails. And uh, I still listen to this album from time to time. I don't have a Nine Inch Nails tattoo. I probably should. But uh, Pretty Hate Machine with a Terrible Eye and Head Like a Hole, it's just, it, it ushered in an industrial era in rock music. Why are so many dogs suffering from health issues? Actress Katherine Heigl, who's helped save over 16,000 dogs through her personal foundation, says they're seeing more issues than ever with dogs' joints, odors, and their health than ever before. After doing a ton of research, she feels there's one place we can all look to improve our dog's health, their food. What she's discovered is that many dog foods are made in a way they can actually create toxins that could possibly be wrecking our dog's health. And that's true for many of the premium brands as well. Fortunately, she's found that just by adding a few special superfoods to her dog's food, she saw huge transformations in their health. She's made a 20-minute video explaining step-by-step -step how any of us can do the same thing to see incredible changes in their dog's health. I've got five dogs. I do. I love them. I spend most of my time with them. In fact, Mojo, my mama blue healer, has helped me write six and a half books now. I want her to be as healthy and happy as possible. 
So if you feel like you do about your dogs the same way I do, let me encourage you to go to badlandsfood.com forward slash boneyard and watch Catherine's video right now. And again, that's badlandsfood.com forward slash boneyard. Be sure and check it out and make sure your pet is happier and healthier than ever. Hi, Bulldog fans. Our friends from Tecovis want to remind you that uh, it's festival season. It's concert season. It's sundress season. Yes, it is. And you know you need some nice boots to go along with every bit of that. And Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western wear. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and so much more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a very time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort, so no break-in period. You know how tough that can be with a brand new pair of boots. You can put these bad boys on and ride that ride with a smile. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with the same level of style. So stop by your local Tecovis store, have a complimentary beverage or two, shop the new styles, the smell of fresh leather, and a friendly staff are always at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience quite like it. If you can't make it to a store, visit Tecovas. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges shipped right to your door. Go to Tecovas dot com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. That, that was unlike anything we'd ever seen. And right behind them was ministry and, and those guys and uh, kind of revolutionized their careers with the, the 69 Psalm album. But I give Trent Reznor, who I believe is a modern-day composer, a lot of credit for changing rock and roll. I think that is an incredible album and probably does not get enough respect. Number eight, going back a little bit farther than that, is pronounced Winter Skinner. Just about every song on this album is a, could have been a single, and it was great. Uh, it's incredible to think those guys had so many great songs in them for a first album. They did mature a lot and did a good job on second helping, but uh, Pronounced Winter Skinner to me is the one. That, that is the classic album. Soul Survivors is great too, but uh, what a, a tremendous debut from Ronnie Van Zant and the group. A little bit heavier on the edge here. Number seven for me is Kill 'Em All from Metallica. Uh, they really kind of found their groove with Ride the Lightning, but I thought Kill 'Em All was a great debut. And even though the band was kind of, uh, the, the, the lineup was still kind of in flux. You know, Cliff Burton eventually died, and, uh, you know, Dave Mustaine was in and out of the band. But uh, it was great. Uh, no Remorse, all his songs, great. One of those deals, I guess it was Metal Force Records that put that out. It was one of those things they needed an, a label like that to take a chance on them, and they, again, kind of changed rock and roll. Number six, who we went with Boston. Uh, and you say, well, Steve, Boston over Metallica? Yeah, because the Boston album was start to finish better. There, you know, there's a, there are some there are some dead songs on Kill 'Em All. I don't know that there are any bad songs on the Boston album. Number five, another classic album, an album that really kind of changed music again in a positive way. And, and some people are going to say, "Well, Steve, you didn't mention Nirvana." No, I did not, and with good reason, because Nirvana didn't hit it big into the third, really third or fourth album. With Nevermind, the album that Kurt Cobain hated, but Pearl Jam's Ten is a classic album. Uh, I, I was I was a Pearl Jam guy in that feud with Nirvana, which was so stupid. It was so much petty jealousy in that whole thing, and, and Nirvana was not nearly the band Pearl Jam was or is. 
but the Pearl Jam 10 album, it's one of those albums you can just put on and hit play and listen to it all the way through, and then when you're done, start again. And I think that second album versus is the same way. I think you can listen to every song without fail and uh, feel like that you gain something every time through. Uh, number four, very personal album to me. It's Rage Against the Machine. I will give a, a shout-out here. I had never heard of Rage, and my college roommate, a guy by the name of Jim Winter, we called him Thermos, Jim had a friend in Jackson by the name of Reeve McNamara, and Reeve turned us both on to Rage Against the Machine. We had gone to a Fling Hammer show in Jackson. I can't remember where we were. We saw them in Follow For Now. It was a great time, and then Reeve turned us on to Rage Against the Machine, and I got to know Tom Morello and Zach De La Roca's uh, music for the first time, and uh, it had such an impact on me, and it's still such, so influential to me. I love that album. I love every Rage album. I love every Rage song. There is value in all of it. I don't always agree with their politics, but I agree with their passion. There's a difference. There's a difference. I respect their passion, and uh, again, some of their politics are, are probably a little bit, um, you know, out there compared to some of the things that I believe, but I respect the fact that they stand up for what they believe. Uh, and listen, I thought Rage Against the Machine was the voice of my generation. I really did. All right, number three, the uh, the, the debut album from Van Halen. This is one of those albums everybody talks about in 1984, and some people, listen, a lot of people love that Diver Down album, which is basically an album of covers. I mean, really it is. The first Van Halen album, though, so legit. Running with the Devil and then Eruption, one of the greatest. And it was so it's so crazy for its time. Nobody did that. You had this instrumental with Eddie just absolutely railing. And then you really got me, of course, the King's cover. Ain't talking about love. It's a great track. Jamie's Crying, of course, was uh, sampled by Tone Low for Wild Thing. Feel Your Love Tonight, an undervalued classic. But the best song on the album is Ice Cream Man. It, it is what that, that is one of the coolest songs ever written. A lot of double entendre with that. If, uh, if you don't know Ice Cream Man from Van Halen, what are you doing with your life? Number two for me, it's the first Led Zeppelin album. And again, I thought it was great. They found it, kind of found their groove a little bit later. But uh, Good Times, Bad Times was great. Babe, I'm Going to Leave You was just such a great song. Days and Confused is another one that was kind of that you know hip trip type stuff. Uh, your time is going to come is another one that's kind of an underappreciated uh, track on that album communication breakdown of course was a huge hit and then i can't quit you baby another great one absolutely wonderful album great debut for one of the finest rock bands in the history of the world but number one and if you are a teen of the 80s you know exactly where i'm going with this one and how could it be anything other than appetite for destruction by guns and roses i don't know let me let me just look up here because i think it's important that we know this because I don't think that uh, I don't think a lot of people in this other generation kind of get it. Um, I, it's just I think it's crazy to think about how many units this thing sold because this came out in 1987. It is still one of those albums that people talk about that kind of changed rock and roll. And let's not be honest with you, there were a lot of posers in rock music then. I know that comes as a big shock, but there were a lot of posers in rock music, and and all of a sudden. When Guns N' Roses arrived, it was like, you know what? These guys are the real deal. These guys are, are legit. These guys, there's some authenticity here. And so just because I think it's important for you guys to get it, in the United States, Appetite for Destruction has sold over 18 million copies. 18 million copies. 
Just to run down some other things for you here, four times platinum across the pond over there in the United Kingdom, uh, three times platinum in Argentina, seven times platinum uh, down in Australia. But it's the thing, 18 million units sold just in the United States. Appetite for Destruction, so many great songs. Everybody knows Welcome to the Jungle, but listen, that that album will take you on a trip, man. It's like it's so great. Night Train is a classic. It's so easy, all of them. The whole way through, Ma Michelle, uh, I love it. I, there's not anything the Guns has done with the original lineup that I wasn't crazy about. I love the Use Your Illusion albums, too. Uh, Chinese Democracy is kind of hit or miss, but uh, there's a lot of talk about a potential new album with uh, with Duff and, and Slash and Axel and perhaps uh, perhaps Matt Sorum, but we'll see. We'll see. I was told before he was against the reunion, but I'm told that his stance may have softened just a bit. So, so we'll see. So there we are. Pro football starts this week. I know you're excited about that. And because pro football is back, that also means that DraftKings is back. DraftKings, a new sponsor of the show. They've got a big competition this weekend, a contest. How would you like to win a million dollars? By being a Boneyard listener, you've got an opportunity to do that. It's, uh, it's, I think it's important to kind of understand what's at stake here, okay? I'm, I'm going to break it down for you as best I can. Go download the DraftKings app, okay? Download the app. Football's back. DraftKings is here to help usher in this great contest. To kick off the football season, DraftKings is giving new users a free shot at a million dollars. With a total of $3 million up for grabs, this Thursday's football contest. You don't have to wait six months. It's all happening this week. Get in on Thursday night. Single game showdown is very easy. All you got to do is download the DraftKings app. Use promo code Boneyard. Draft six players for your season opener. Stay under the salary cap and see how your team stacks up against the competition. So head to the app now. Start making your picks. New users who sign up today on DraftKings using code Boneyard will receive a free shot at the $1 million prize with your first deposit. Nothing adds to the anxiety of the game by having a million-dollar payday, kind of maybe perhaps weighing in the balance there. So, again, download that app. Go check it out. And to claim your share of a $1 million, a $100 million instant giveaway, all you have to do is download the app, sign up using promo code Boneyard, and then enter the DraftKings free football survivor pool. It's really that easy to claim a share of $100 million, what's it? $100 million and instant giveaways and put yourself in the running for a $1 million cash prize. I, was, uh, I couldn't believe how much money they're giving away. While the top prize is reserved for one lucky winner, everyone who signs up and enters DraftKings free football survivor poll will receive an instant bonus of at least $5 in value upon entering. All right, so go check that out. Again, that's, go download the DraftKings app and use promo code Boneyard, and uh, you could win big. And if you do, be sure to share some of the wealth with me and the Bulldog Club. All right, so let's get into uh, some COVID stuff. And I don't want to spend a lot of time talking about bad news. I want to talk about good news because I think it's important. Because being number 50 is paying off for Mississippi State. Mississippi, Mississippi now 50th in new infections per capita in the nation. In the nation. So what we're doing is working. Let's not relax. Let's not stop doing it. But there were a lot of people that were ultra critical of our state ultra-critical of our state government. I'm not going to get into any of that. I know you have your own opinions. But to read stuff on Facebook from all of these self-proclaimed epidemiologists, uh, you would think that the sky is falling. But the numbers from the CDC suggest that things in our state are getting better. Our neighbors at Alabama have a lot to deal with. But uh, in Mississippi, we appear to be doing a pretty good job. Now, 
you may have saw last week that Octibaha County Hospital, and I, I retweeted their tweet, they didn't have any COVID patients, didn't have any suspected COVID patients for the first time since April. I understand I had a couple other people reach out to me when they saw my tweet and said, hey, you know what, Steve? I work with COVID patients too, and we don't have any at our hospital. Heard from three different people at three hospitals around the state of Mississippi that said, you know what? We're seeing similar numbers here. We, we don't have any COVID patients in. And so that's not to say let your guard down. That's not to say, hey, this thing is whipped. It just says we need to continue the fight to do what we need to do. Because it does appear, at least in our state, that we're winning. But again, there, there's so many people out there that are filled with doom and gloom that never tell you that. And, and it's interesting. I saw some people that uh, tagged some national media people about the fact that the Starkville Hospital right here at Mississippi State doesn't have any hospitalizations for COVID. I think that's significant because the, the, the line of thinking was, is all oh, once all these kids come back, the hospitals are going to be overrun, and uh, it's okay to say you're wrong. And I think most people would admit that they're happy they were wrong about that. You know, listen, we've had it. There has been a spike in infections in college towns. There's no getting around that. You know, college kids, by and large, kind of they have not developed the ability to reason yet. And all due respect to you, college kids, listen to the show. A lot of the things that you think today, you'll feel differently. You know, uh, three or four years from now, you'll you'll take better care of yourself. Okay, when you have responsibilities. Uh, you know, I, 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 didn't, I didn't have a fear of flying until I had kids. I said, you know, if something happens to me, what happens to them? And so as you mature, things change. As your responsibilities increase, your ability to reason and make good decisions, your decision-making improves as well. Now, some of you guys are making good decisions now, but, but be that as it may, there are a lot of college kids out there. You get away from home. You don't have anybody kind of keeping up with you, and you think, okay, I'll just do what I want to do. And next thing you know, you go to a party, and uh, you come home with a COVID infection. Now, of course, the, the punchline is always, well, just wait two weeks. Just wait two weeks. Just wait two weeks. Just wait two weeks. And we, we've heard that. I mean, it's like there's so many phrases out there now. It's just kind of like, I don't know if I'm going to be alive in two weeks. I'm going to enjoy today as best I can. I'm not going to go live recklessly, but I'm not going to just sit around here and just waiting for the ball to drop. i got to go live my life. i got to get on Amazon and order some stuff. There's some new concert shirts out there. I need to update the wardrobe with before it gets a little bit cold, you know. But it's incredible to me that um, – you know, these numbers continue to kind of drop, and uh, that's not newsworthy for some reason. And uh, I saw the, the University of Arizona had 13 players test positive for COVID, and then they canceled practice. Well, now they're going back to practice because 11 of the 13 players was the false positive. And so I'm not saying that it's time to relax, and I'm not saying that, uh, you know, it's time not to wear your mask. Of course, there's still a statewide mandate around here, but it's clear that uh, – what we're doing is working and maybe we got this thing on the run and you know we'll see but i think with the uh with the cost of testing coming down and the availability of testing more readily available you're going to see infection rates go up but with that you're also seeing better treatment uh, our medical community is outstanding and they have now had you know basically six months to work for this and kind of prepare and find out what works and what doesn't and uh, there is some anti-malaria drugs they use and uh, and some other, you know, there's a lot of zinc and other things and there's even some melatonin. And so our medical community has done a great job treating patients where the fatality rates have really plummeted. So despite the fact that we're back in school, despite the fact that we're playing football, Mississippi 
it's doing it right. We haven't seen, there's so many people that said, oh, you know, Mississippi this, Mississippi that, they're a bunch of idiots, and their governor's an idiot, and uh, he, may, he may be, I don't know. But I know this, I know that there was some undue criticism tossed his way, and now Mississippi is 50th for the right reasons. You know, we're usually 50th for uh, a lot of things we don't want to be listed for. But now here we are with the fewest number of infections per capita in the country. So I know that all of my even-handed friends are going to go out and trumpet that on social media, right? Right? Because we don't want to get caught up in all this other stuff, right? There's so many people out there that are just basically clickbait bandits that are going to write the most inflammatory thing possible to get you to read it. I mean, I mean, some of these guys are kind of one step up from a tabulu ad. I mean, and what I mean, if, and if you know what I'm talking about, you know, when you get to the bottom of an article and it's like they've got like a picture of, you know, somebody that um, you know, it's, it's very popular and they, they, there's like something about addiction or whatever. They, did you know that these people suffer with addiction and it'll be a picture like Taylor Swift or something and she has nothing to do with addiction? And so that's what some of our professional media has become they have become these clickbait people that just want you to click on their article to to stimulate revenue they've tossed all credibility aside for views and clicks but yet i would think you know it's just like the the viral videos there's two kinds of videos that go viral on social media right like videos of your dog or your kids that are doing something amazing and then when people get in fights in waffle house all that goes uh viral but our people have skewed more towards the fist fights in the parking lot of the Waffle House than they have of, uh, you know, the dog and the cat doing something amazing. It's just interesting. It's, it's an interesting dynamic to me. And, the, and, we, it's, and here's the thing, too, is if we didn't feed into it, they wouldn't do it. If we didn't click on it, if they got no reward, if they got no comment, if they got no retweet, if they got no like if they got no share on facebook with somebody saying can you believe this idiot they wouldn't do it there's a payoff for doing it and so i just choose not to buy into any of that maybe i'm wrong but that's how i feel and uh we got college football later today looking forward to that there was some college football over the weekend i'll be honest with you not a lot of it held my interest i had it on and i was kind of on my phone and eventually muted the tv and put some music on i'd look over every now and again to see the score was whatever but uh it's good to be able to have that option. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's like sometimes I just want the game to be on so I can kind of keep up. A lot of times I would rather follow a game on Twitter anyway. I like to read everybody's comments. Um, it's funny how life is, but uh, it's good to have that back. And it's one of those things, too, I get excited about when I think about you know what Mississippi State has in front of us. I mean, it's the seventh now. We're going to get to play, guys, about three weeks. Excited about that. Pro football is coming up this week, as you guys are well aware. Excited about that. You need to get outfitted for game day at Campus Bookmart. You can visit them at campusbookmart.net. They've been longtime sponsors of this show, been great to me, and they'll be great to you. Go to campusbookmart.net. Use promo code BSR, which stands for Beautiful Steve Robertson, and that'll get you free shipping on all orders over $50. If you're looking for Mississippi State polos, and I can tell you, let me tell you this. You can't find a quality polo in Starkville, Mississippi, unless it is a Mississippi State item just nobody sells them and sometimes i want to have something a little bit different but when i need mississippi state clothing i go to campus bookmark and you should too stand the man miss kathy brown the whole crew will take care of you because your family to them you can outfit the entire family for game day without even leaving the comfort of your home 
Again, campusbookmart.net, there to serve you, promo code BSR. You can get your mask. You can get everything you need, maroon and white, right there at Campus Bookmart. Again, check them out. You can order books there. You can order novelty items. You can order things for the home, order baby gifts, whatever you need. Anything Mississippi State related, you find it right there at campusbookmart.net. So speaking of pro football, you guys are going to have a rooting interest with a lot of teams this year. Mississippi State, for the most part, uh, survived the Turk uh, over the weekend. The Turk, as you guys know, that's the guy that goes to everybody's dorm and tracks everybody down and says, hey, you can come by and see the general manager or the head coach, and they're cut. Well, Mississippi State had a few guys get cut, but most of them made practice squads. I want to run this down for you. So, obviously, Willie Gay, second-round draft pick by the Chiefs, he's with the Chiefs, and he'll probably make an all-rookie team. Cam Dantzler had a great camp for Minnesota. Every time he turned around, they're talking about that guy. Made the roster with the Vikings. Tyree Phillips, same deal. Also, a you know, third-round draft pick. Made the Baltimore Ravens roster. I think Tyree's going to stick for a while. I really do. Tommy Stevens was released over the weekend and then re-signed to the Saints practice squad. Uh, it's, I, I'll be honest with you, I was kind of – I don't, I don't know if frustrated was the word, but I was kind of like, you know what? You know, Joe Brady and Carolina really wanted Tommy Stevens, and then there was all this gamesmanship. And, and then for the Saints to just release the guy, I would have thought a lot less of Sean Payton if they had not signed him to the practice squad. I mean, that would have been almost unfair. And I understand there's gamesmanship between interdivision rivals, but why play with somebody else's life like that if you have no sincere interest in keeping that guy around? Obviously, he's moved from quarterback to tight end. Uh, and I think Tommy's a guy that could make it. I mean, assuming he can stay healthy. That's always been the rub with him is that uh, the poor kid is just like made of glass. Brian Cole, you may recall, was drafted by the Vikings and then released and then signed by the Miami Dolphins to the practice squad there. Darrell Williams, not drafted, but signed a pretty substantial undrafted free agent deal with the Chiefs. He was released for them to get down to 53, and he was added to the uh, practice squad later. Chauncey Rivers, also a practice squatter for the Ravens. Uh, Leo Lewis was released by the Steelers a couple of weeks ago. To date, he has not re-signed with the team, and I hate that uh, for Leo. Isaiah Zuber on the practice squad for the New England Patriots. Stephen Guidry, as you guys are aware, uh, signed a free agent deal and then opted out for the season, took the money and ran. Tommy Champion makes the practice squad for the Seahawks. I'm kind of surprised, but I'm happy to see that because Tommy's a really good dude. Uh, Lee Autry, uh, released and uh, not in camp with anybody. Jaquarius Landrieu is on IR for the Giants. And then Farad Green signed as a practice squatter for the uh, Indianapolis Colts. I think Farad's a guy that could hang around a little bit too. You know, Farad, number one, is a great teammate. He's a teachable guy. He's a coachable guy. And uh, is one of those guys, too, that uh, will do what you ask him to do. He gets really matured in college. Really happy for him. He's a guy that's uh, done, done a good job went at Mississippi State, probably a little bit underutilized at times, but uh, a very popular guy in that locker room. So you've got some rooting interest there. And, of course, uh, you know, you still got Dak and all those guys too. And uh, we've got a ton of guys in the NFL. That's, that's what winning does for you. That's what good recruiting does for you. That's what player development does for you. And so we've got a lot of teams that are going to have a little bit of a maroon flavor. And that makes Sundays a little bit better. And that, that reminds me too. There are a lot of people out there I know you know, sometimes being a, uh, a fan of sports is a very rewarding experience. There are other times it's kind of exhausting because things happen in connection with your team, whether it be college or high school or pro, whatever, 
and you got people that are kind of needling you about it. But there are sometimes, too, that people do things that embarrass you. I mean, it's just the reality of it. I mean, just you think, man, I mean, I'm, I'm a huge Pittsburgh Steelers fan, huge. And uh, the Rooney family, I think, is, is people that have done things with integrity, you know, for many, many years, for decades. And you don't see the Pittsburgh Steelers get in trouble. You just don't. I mean, it is a family-run organization. There's a culture there that everybody kind of understands. Mike Tomlin, I'll be honest, when they first hired him, I was a little bit confused. But I like Mike Tomlin. But, uh, you know, we, got, we need to win this year, Mike, if you're listening. But one of the things that I can expect is that, you know, the Steelers are just – we're not going to have our names in the paper. I mean, it's just – and when something does happen, it's a shock. You know, and somebody does something stupid, they're gone. I mean, it, it, when you're with the Steelers, they just don't put up with any of that off-the-field nonsense. It's kind of the same way with Mississippi State. That's one of the things that I'll give Dan Mullen a lot of credit for, is that Dan did not go out and recruit a lot of bad actors. There are a lot of people out there that will sacrifice character for competitive, uh, you know, ability. Dan wouldn't do it. Dan wasn't going to go sign somebody to give him a headache. And I think Joe, for the most part, did that too. And so we don't have this collection of bad kids or bad young men on our campus they are playing football. That's not to say they're all angels, okay, because I know, listen, it's a lot different deal when uh, we only get to see them, you know, at their best. There are other you students I know can see them, you know, sometimes when they're out in the Cotton District and uh, maybe have had a few drinks and, uh, you know, maybe they're not the, the choir boys a lot of our fans hope they would be, but uh, that's the reality of it. But by and large, we don't have a lot of the problems that a lot of other programs do. We just don't. And that is a product of the culture. It's a product of recruiting. It's a product of accountability. Now, we have had a couple of off-the-field issues. We've had a couple of guys get arrested for, uh, you know, one guy for what, minor possession, and we had, uh, you know, we had the DUI incident. Those things are being dealt with internally. And, uh, but that's not something that's atypical for college kids. I'm not trying to excuse the behavior, but it's not unique to Mississippi State either. But there, go- there will be things that will happen, and we're going to be like, you know what, this is Mississippi State. I love Mississippi State more than I love you as an individual. And so I need you to do what's best for Mississippi State. But at times there are things that happen that uh, we have a difference of opinion on. It doesn't mean that we're not family. It doesn't mean that uh, you're still not welcome in the uniform. But uh, th- th- listen, a lot of these things, I know people get up in arms about this, and I've read it and I've seen it. And, and uh, listen, I've disagreed with some people I really care about over some of this stuff, and that's okay. Because I'm mature enough that we can have a disagreement and remain friends. I, I don't have to have this situation where all my friends have to agree with me in order to be my friends. I, I'm not so insecure that I require that. It's not a requirement for membership within my friend group, but you have to agree with everything that I say. As a matter of fact, most of my friends that I really value the most are the ones that kind of, you know, I won't say argue with me a little bit, but uh, they give me reason to think and kind of consider my position a little bit more, kind of play a little devil's advocate with me good, bad, or indifferent. Uh, so, listen, there are going to be some days ahead. You know, we start playing games and that sort of stuff, and I know people are saying, you know, well, you know, look at what they're doing in the NBA and MLB. And you know what? You're probably not going to agree with all of it. And some of you will say, you know what, I agree with every, absolutely everything. And some people say, well, I agree with this to a point. But I think we have to, as a family and as a fan base, give people the right to choose. I don't mean right to choose about, you know, just anything. But what I'm talking about, the right to choose how they express themselves. As long as it is not in a way that is demeaning to the uniform of the program, then I think you've got to be supportive of that. 
but I think there will be some instances that are going to come up. You might as well go ahead and get ready, okay, because not everybody's going to be pleased. Go ahead and get prepared for that because they're going to be, you know, they're going to be, they're going to give the kids the opportunity to wear helmet stickers and that sort of stuff, and they're going to be people that say, you know what, Steve, we should pull their scholarship, and you're wrong. You're absolutely wrong. You know, and, and as long as the NCAA and the SEC is going to give people a chance to kind of break from the uniform code and kind of do their own thing, and, um, you know, we have to respect that. I don't think we should ever do anything that forces our values on other people or forces other people to do things contrary to their value system. Because I know that if, I, if, if somebody came to me and said, hey, Steve, you have to do this, I'm going to rebel, man. I mean, I'm almost 50 years old. I mean, I'm, what am I, 48 now? You know, I'm going to look at all that and say, you know what? Now nobody's going to tell me what to do. And I was 10 times worse when I was 19 years old and 18. 10 times worse. As soon as I got out of the house and had a chance to kind of make some decisions for myself and I didn't have my parents looking over my shoulder, you told me I had to do something. I was going to do the opposite just to prove to you that I could. And so I say all that to say this. Is there going to be some things that are going to happen in pro football and college football and Mississippi State and elsewhere and around the country, and you're not going to agree with all of it. So you might as well go ahead and find a way to deal with it because it's not going to change. It's not going to go anywhere. You, you can send all the emails you want, but I support our student-athletes, even the ones that I don't agree with. And there's not many of them that I do disagree with, but there are some. I support their right to choose how they express their values and their beliefs because I know how precious mine are to me. I mean, if you, it wasn't too long ago when we had people ready to riot over the church service thing and say, you know what, That's, there's nowhere else in the world I'd rather be. And you know what, I support your right to do that. And I think it's absolutely ridiculous that, uh, you know, that sometimes that the... Uh, the state overstepped their bounds and probably violated a little bit of your constitutional freedoms because uh, you're supposed to have freedom from religion and and state. You're supposed to have separation between those two. I think that is one of the most basic tenets of of our country. And so by the same token... If somebody believes adverse of you, I'm encouraging you to to show some tolerance to all that as well. Because I don't need everybody to believe the way that I do in order for me to believe they're good people. So for those of you who don't know, Alpha Dogs will be out here in just under three weeks. We'll have a delivery date. They've already told us it'll be here before the end of the month. And uh, you can pre-order today, and you darn well should. Go to alphadogsthebook.com. You can get every book right there. You can get Stark Villains there. You get Flim Flam there, and many of you are. But just because it says Alpha Dogs the Book, it, all those links go to the same place. So you just scroll down. You can find those books. Go to alphadogsthebook.com, and I'll personalize them however you want. Go to starkvillains.com and order your Stark Villains T-shirts and hoodies. It's going to be cold at some point. We're starting to get some cooler weather now. So I'm encouraging you. Go ahead and stock up on the Stark Villains hoodies. And if you live in Starkville proper, you can get them in black and gold, and you can get them in blue and orange. You can get them in your school colors, which is really cool. And I have seen some of those around town, and it warms my heart to see that. So at StarkVillains.com. And again, go to AlphaDogsTheBook.com, and you can order both of my books, or all three of my books. Excuse me, I'm getting behind myself. And uh, we'll get those out to the Meltigula before the month is out. 
Well, that's going to do it so much for today. I'll be back on Wednesday. And, uh, again, thanks so much for your support of our sponsors. I told you guys I had some new people coming online, which is why I started doing longer shows. And so I gave you some longer shows for free. Not all these people will be with me for long, but, uh, you know, we've got a few more ad reads to do these days. But uh, I promise to always give you an hour-long show, or, or, or then some, uh, while we have this run. So, um, you know, Christmas is coming up for me, too, and i got to buy you all a gift. So uh, there we go. I got two girls in college. You know, sometimes uh, sometimes it gets a little tight around here. But thanks so much for your support. And please go please go order books. AlphaDogsTheBook.com. That way I'll actually get something for Christmas this year. I may have to buy it with my own money, but I'll still have it. AlphaDogsTheBook.com. Until next time, let's all live our lives in a way we'll make more friends than enemies. And people can see a difference in the way we live.